welcome to the Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast, where we explore God's Word, not simply to learn more about the Bible, but to consider how to apply its wisdom. I'm your host, Svea Mary, and each week I'm joined by talented women from our congregation. We invite you to imagine yourself sitting here with us, enjoying a great discussion as friends about God and how His Word helps us take our next steps to become the women God intends for us to be. Today, we're going to be in a passage that definitely isn't as well known as some of our other ones that we've looked at from Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 21, specifically verses 5 through 19. And now if you've looked at this passage ahead of time, you may be wondering a little bit where we're headed with this one. But keep in mind that all throughout our study of Luke, we've been looking specifically at what Luke can tell us about what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Now, if you've read the passage, it may appear that we're going to be talking about some pretty heavy end times kind of issues. (laughs) And while the topic uh, begins to approach that topic, that's not what we're speaking about today. Today, we are going to be talking specifically about Jesus's directive that we stand firm in our faith, even when the walls around us may be crumbling, either figuratively or literally. Mm Mm-hmm. Joining me today to speak about this really interesting topic is my friend Angie Pankratz. Welcome back, Angie. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Savea, I have to admit that when I first noticed this passage, I did feel like I had drawn the short straw. I was like, (laughs) what in the world? Are we studying end times and prophecy? Well, and end and times would be a fun study to do at some point, but uh, there, there are a lot of different tactics to <laughs> approaching that one that uh, we're not prepared to cover today. Amen. And it's not the reason why we've chosen this one today, but, uh, but instead, Angie, I think you definitely didn't draw the short stick. This is one I'm really excited to cover. Uh, I think the, the message in this passage about the, the inevitability of hard times, mm. but our the beauty of standing firm mm-hmm. in the solidness of our faith in Jesus is one of the the more lovely messages that we've focused on. So I agree. Let's, uh, let's enjoy. Um, we're going to look specifically at the passage in just a little bit, but this is a good one to put into some context. Let's do that. Yeah, I think uh, it's helpful to understand in Luke 21 that Jesus is here speaking and teaching every day in the temple. He had arrived in Jerusalem back Mm -hmm. in chapter 19, and uh, chapter 19, verse 47 said that it was his habit to be teaching in the temple daily. Wow. So on a regular basis, he's up there. And that was kind of a central location for Jewish life, right? Definitely the hub Mm -hmm. of, of everything that was happening. Uh, But Angie, do you want to just kind of mention the story that starts in the beginning of chapter 21, right before the events that we're looking at today? Um, Because I know you'd mentioned in your notes that it's it's kind of a lovely story of this widow. Right, right. Well, we have Jesus looking at this widow who is giving just a small amount for her offering, and Jesus basically ends up praising her. And um, saying that what she has given is greater than the other gifts because she has given out of her poverty. She has put in what more than what the others really could have. And it wasn't monetarily more, but it, because she sacrificed so much, he was praising her. And that was kind of shocking because obviously monetarily, it was much less than the other gifts that were given. Mm-hmm. I think it's profound, this idea of a widow who, mm. knowing that one thing about her, 
that uh, we know that she's in a very desperate situation, possibly not having any children to care for her. We don't mm. we don't know much, but all we know from this story mm-hmm. is that she's got these two little small copper coins, mm-hmm. not worth hardly anything. But verse four says they're all that she had to live on. Wow. And what faith would it take in the midst of the hard life that she was living to give everything you had to live on? To That's the quite an the act of worship and trust, really. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't even fathom what that mm-hmm. would be like to pick out every last penny I had in my wallet mm-hmm. knowing there's nothing left and put it in the offering plate at church. And some might call that frivolous, but Jesus was glorifying that because he was knowing that that was an act of worship. From and how beautiful account. that Jesus saw it. That's mm-hmm. it, the the concept of the widow in the book of Luke. If if you haven't noticed it yet, it's come up so frequently mm. in Luke how many times he's mentioned a story that involves a widow. Wow. Um, and maybe I'm more likely to pick up on yeah, that having have had that been season. widowed myself. I love that about Luke and about Jesus. That's that he a very cool that, observation. So in that context where Jesus has just praised and admired the faith-filled giving of this widow, it leads us into mm. the passage we're looking at here, starting in verse 5, where we see the disciples at the temple admiring mm-hmm. the beauty and the grandeur of this temple. Right. I don't know. I mean, I know that this is normal, right? Because the temple was really beautiful. But immediately I'm thinking in my head, oh, I'm kind of cringing for the disciples because it just seems a little off that we come off the story of Jesus praising the widow's might. And now here they are just adorning this temple and more the physical beauty of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this isn't going to go well. That's the way I'm feeling. (laughs) And and that's kind of where Jesus <laughs> seems like his head was too. But but they weren't wrong for admiring the temple. I was amazed as I was doing some study of this. Uh, the historian Josephus talks about the beauty of the mm. temple. It's um, quite grand. I hadn't realized the magnitude and size of some of the stones that they mm-hmm. used to build this. Um, he gave dimensions that the Herod the Great that had rebuilt this temple used stones of forty five cubic cubits by mm. eight cubits by 12 cubits. And if that's all you read, you're like, okay, great, yeah. whatever. What are cubits? <laughs> it means nothing. <laughs> but to give you indication in feet, that would be 12 feet high by 18 feet wide and 67 feet long. Can you even imagine? That is a massive stone. <laughs> a stone of that scale. That is quite the rock. And, and especially if you realize these aren't just limestone rocks like we have around here. This was white marble. Wow. You know, like kitchen countertop dream white marble. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> A 67-foot slab of that. Apparently, Josephus said that when the, sh- the sun would shine off of the temple, it gleamed like a snow-clad mountain. Wow. So that would make it even more shocking that Jesus said that this is going to all be rubbish. Right. So let's look at that. So verse five says Mm -hmm. that while they were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offering, then Mm -hmm. Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. That had to have been shocking. Totally shocking. Right. Because the temple was something physical that I'm sure that they relied on, you know, maybe too much. Yeah. And 
And for good reason, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, the temple was the source of their religious expression. Mm -hmm. It was where they went to offer sacrifices. Mm -hmm. It was it was where they could most tangibly connect with God. Right. And the history there mm -hmm. from their people. So it does make me think like of things that we hold on to or the things that we are grateful for or the things that we admire that are good things, mm -hmm. but maybe should not be the ultimate thing. Yeah. No, let's talk about that because I think that's a great application of these first couple of verses. There are definitely things that are worthy of praise mm -hmm. that are beautiful things that uh, that are logical things for us to find comfort right. and security and stability in. Mm -hmm. But to Jesus's point, if even a 67 foot long slab of marble <laughs> can be thrown off if it's right. in the course of his will of events, you know, nothing that we hang on to other than he himself can be our security. Mm -hmm. And there's things like marriage. Our marriages are such a blessing. Our families, our jobs, you know, maybe our education, those are good things, but they can't be the ultimate thing. And they can be things that God may take away at some point in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so we don't need to fear that, but we just need to hold on to, I think, all of the gifts that God has given us. And maybe instead of worshiping or being prideful about anything of that sort, just know that that is something that is a gift from God, yeah. but to hold on to it loosely. Yeah. Well, holding on loosely is hard. It, it's something, as you're mm. talking about that, it it resonates with my heart very deeply, having been very happily married in mm -hmm. my 20s and then having my first husband get diagnosed with cancer and subsequently die. I, I very much found identity and security and stability in that wow. marriage. And it was... That had to have been jarring because you were at a time in your life where you probably were not expecting that. You were married to a med student or mm -hmm. a resident and then a doctor. And so the path that you probably thought that you were on was one of security, safety, stability. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and God absolutely imagine. used that experience to grow my faith. Uh, oh. Nothing else in my life ever grew my faith mm. as much as the loss of, of my husband mm. um, to realize that God was completely faithful to me in that even though my worst case scenario happened, I never felt that he left me or wow. abandoned me, but that he was there to continue to provide for my needs um, in, in both tangible and, and mm. in just beautiful heart kind of ways. Um, so that, that is something that comes to mind, you know, that, that, uh, as the disciples are looking at these incredible, strong, beautiful stones and Jesus is telling them, don't find your security mm -hmm. in this. There's going to be a day where these stones won't even be here anymore. Um, let's read on a little bit and, and see how Jesus takes that, uh, that jump, um, but in verse 7, I think even before we get to what Jesus says, I think it's kind of to the disciples' credit that they made the jump with him. Because as Jesus had said in verse 6, that not one of those stones of the temple would be left upon each other, the disciples didn't question that. They immediately mm -hmm. say, well, teacher, when will these things mm -hmm. be? And what will be the sign that these things are about to take place? Because that would take a fair amount of faith right. for them right. to to believe what Jesus like, do was saying. Do I have saying. a week? Do I have a year? Like, let me know. Spell it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so they made the jump with Jesus and recognizing that it kind of reminds me of of Mary, of Jesus's mother, mm -hmm. when she was told that Jesus was coming, 
And she didn't question that it would happen. She just but said, she well, had some questions. <laughs> she had questions, but they were along the line of like, how will this be? Right. And that they were faith-filled questions. Right. That believing that it was true. And Jesus doesn't chide them for asking that, but he also doesn't specifically answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Because I think we do want to know the details. When will this take place? How is this going to happen? I think about that with my kids or my future. Like, I need to know these things. And basically, Jesus does give them some vague details, but he also says, like, here's some directives. You need to watch out. Yeah. Do you want to read verses maybe 8 to 11? Yes, for uh, sure. So this is how Jesus replied. He said, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, claiming I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. So definitely a warning, some mm-hmm. some basic information there, but not a lot where it's like, oh, it's going to be happening the second Tuesday in October. It's not anything like that specific, which I'm sure is what they were hoping for. Yeah. Well, and he continues in verse 10 and 11 to talk about nations rising against nations, kingdoms mm-hmm. against kingdoms, that there's mm-hmm. going to be earthquakes and famines mm-hmm. and disease and terrors and great signs mm-hmm. from heaven. I mean, this is this is scary stuff. Yeah. Um, But what I think is kind of beautiful in this is he's telling them just straight up, there's going to be hard times. Right. This is going to be some really difficult things to live through. And and, uh, and it's beyond the scope of what we intend to cover today to talk about Mm -hmm. what they experienced in Mm -hmm. their generation versus what might be experienced in other generations or even ones yet to come. And you said at the beginning that we're not going to cover different perspectives of prophecy, and I know there's a lot of that out there, but I think sometimes people want to talk about the date or they want to talk about a when, but I always think of that quote from Pastor Steer that prophecy should be more about application than observation. Mm -hmm. And so really this needs to spur us on to watch out, to be mindful that there may be others who are trying to say that they are truth or that this is truth when we need to stay grounded in who God is and his word to just be mindful, what is truth? Mm -hmm. Just like Jesus was warning his disciples. Well, I I appreciate the honesty of Jesus here, just saying that these bad things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It strikes me as very kind that he would tell people to have that mindset. Right, absolutely. There are calamities Mm -hmm. that are going to happen. There are tragedies. Um, Later, he's even going to talk about families betraying each other, um, that we shouldn't be so shocked Mm -hmm. when bad things happen. If in the context of these verses, he's talking about people that are trying to lead us astray. Mm -hmm. I mean, how often do you hear when something horrible happens, one reaction to that is people saying, well, how could God let that happen? And and we begin to question God's mm. existence or his love or mm-hmm. maybe his sovereignty we over throw situation. Out maybe the other characters of God that we know, but mm-hmm. yet somehow we immediately question his goodness. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that with um, when Lydia was going through cancer. I remember one of our other kids really had a hard time with that. And uh, she wasn't that old, but she had enough... Um, strong will in her to say, I am mad at God. This Mm. is not nice of God to do this to us. Mm. Why would he allow that? And it was just interesting that she was willing to voice that. And of course, I really didn't understand the why, but I do know that God is good. And I would tell Anna that, Anna, I am so sorry. I do know that God is good, that God is sovereign, 
and that he's going to somehow use this to grow us Mm because his word tells us that he can often work in the midst of these difficult situations. And I also know that God is grieved by sad things as well. We see that when he weeps and that he is near to the brokenhearted. And so um, I just think about this when he's talking to these disciples about hard times are coming, but I will be with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, one of the, the my favorite passages that we looked at last year when we did the podcast on the Psalms, several mm-hmm. of us memorized Psalm 46. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that Psalm comes to mind in this context here with, over and over in that psalm, it talks about mountains being thrown into the sea and, and the waters just being full of foam and they're roaring and, and people are in terror and there's wars and all of that. But the chorus that comes back in that twice is the Lord Almighty is with us. The God mm-hmm. of Jacob is our fortress. And it's in that that we can be still and know that he is God. Mm, and, cling to that. Yeah. And he wants us to know that, that the bad times are going to come, but we mm-hmm. can be still and know mm-hmm. that he is God because he is our fortress. So he's talking about all of these negative things that are happening. And then I, for some reason, just verse 13 really stands out to me where it says, and so you will bear testimony to me. Mm. And there's something about that mm-hmm. where a testimony of someone going through a difficult time is powerful. Yeah. And, you know, when someone's going through something that's wonderful and great and hashtag blessed, it's like <laughs> it just I don't even pay attention to it or I'm just kind of like whatever. But, man, there is something about it when you are going through a difficult time. And I remember you've gone through tough stuff. And um, there was a point in Lydia's treatment where it was it was pretty dire. And for some reason, our caring bridge was blowing up and people mm-hmm. were tuning in. And I think we found that that just through difficult times in our journey that if we can bring a witness to Christ, that is really when he can be glorified in the midst of this. And he is telling the disciples, like, you are going to be going through some tough stuff, but watch out. Um, Do not follow those who are not me and also bear testimony to me in the midst of it. And you can only do that if you are fully connected to him. That makes so much sense there where First Peter talks about always being prepared to give a reason for the hope that's within us, mm-hmm. uh, that you're right, the testimony of someone that is being persecuted, that is going through some kind of huge trial mm-hmm. is, is so compelling. We're drawn to hearing people express faith in mm-hmm. the midst of the hard times that are around them. Now, on the other hand, the next verses in this passage in 14 and 15 almost seem to say the opposite. And I, I love verse mm-hmm. 14, uh, where it says, settle it, therefore, in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. Um, just that that phrase, just settle it, therefore, mm-hmm. in your mind. My version says, Make up your mind not to worry. Mm. And so many times I think, well, I can't help my worry. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I have no control over that. But I do think there is a point where we can kind of take every thought stronghold and set it in our mind that we are not going to worry. Mm -hmm. So I think these verses don't contradict each other. I think we can Mm. be prepared to give a reason for the hope that's in us. But at the same time, we don't necessarily need to have pre-written our script. (laughs) For how we're going to answer every potential problem that might come our way. Because Jesus is promising that when we're going through it, he'll give us what we Mm -hmm. need 
mm-hmm. for that and how lovely how it, it's it's as he's weaving together the reasons why we don't have to be afraid when when even right. something as powerful as the temple walls could come crumbling down we mm-hmm. don't need to be panic stricken at this idea because we can be prepared to know hard times will come but Mm -hmm. when they do jesus will give us what we need so i think if we're walking through easy waters and we're filling our mind and our hearts with truth we can know that there might be a time in the future where that's going to come out and we don't have to like you say script it out or just have it all planned out of how we're going to respond to the troubles that come our way that we can trust that that truth is within us and that the Lord will bring that into words when we need it. Mm-hmm. The last three verses of this in 16 through 19 continue to say some pretty tough things about the end times or even some of the things that the disciples likely faced about being betrayed by family, by being hated by everyone. Oh, for that's Jesus so sad. I don't like to be hated. I yeah. want to be liked. <laughs> But that not a hair of our head will perish. Ultimately, we are secure in Mm. Jesus. And that doesn't obviously mean literally that no one will ever die. We know that is what happens to all of us eventually. But that by endurance, as it Mm. says in verse 19, that we will gain our lives. We will have eternal life with Jesus, free from all of the hardships of this world, of this age, eventually, if we stand firm in our faith. So Mm -hmm. as we begin to wrap this up, let's just talk Finally, about standing firm in our faith. How, right. how, do, how do we do that, Angie? Oh, how, how do you do that when you, know, you were facing tough sometimes times? Sometimes it's like I want to just like stand firm and I want to might myself into doing that. But uh, when I think about standing firm, I was thinking about Ephesians 6 and how so many times when it talks about the full armor of God, it repeats the word stand, stand against the devil's schemes, stand our ground, stand firm then. And we have so many pieces that will help us in that. We have the breastplate of righteousness. We have our feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We have the helmet of salvation. There's so many things right there that we need to be fully armored. This Mm -hmm. isn't just like we need to stand firm and just ourselves and our own strength and, you know, um, that we have it on our own. We need to arm ourselves so that we can stand firm and be like that house that is built upon the rock so that when the storms come and the wind blows, that we may stand firm Mm -hmm. through the difficulties of life. Yeah. Takes an effort. Absolutely. I think Mm -hmm. some intentionality is is helpful here. I love you brought out the the standing firm with the um, the shoes that are readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, you know, if you're standing in a situation where everything around you is hardship and trial mm. and chaos and confusion, if you're standing on shoes that are in the gospel of peace, uh, what a beautiful thing that is. And I, th- I think that's what Jesus wants for us here. Mm-hmm. And even kind of what he's getting at in this passage is things can be going crazy all around you, but you can have peace mm-hmm. in faith in me. Mm-hmm. And so standing on that, if you're standing on peace, it's a whole different scenario than right. if you're standing on shaky ground. And I think that helps us when we go back to verse eight, when he says, watch out that you are not de- deceived. I think when you're feet are um, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. It helps you to not be deceived Mm -hmm. by the people who come and they're not full of truth, or maybe they say that there's a way to salvation or peace that is different than what you know from the gospel. Mm -hmm. But if you're prepared and if you're hopefully pouring into the gospel and seeking the Lord, that, that truth will come out. 
Now, what would you say to the woman, though, that says, okay, I try to put on the the so-called armor of God mm. and all of that, but I feel like my armor's got a chink in it, mm. <laughs> or, or I've just felt like I've been maybe hit with one too many arrows mm. or just too many blows, mm. or it's just too much, or mm-hmm. I don't even have the strength to put on right. the armor anymore. Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I just think we are built for community, mm-hmm. and maybe you are not feeling like your feet are solid or that your house is on the rock, but maybe maybe your neighbor's house or maybe the person next to you is um, somebody more solid that you can lean into at this time, and mm-hmm. they can pray for you, and they can support you, and they can hold you up. And mm-hmm. we've seen that so often happen in Scripture, and I think that we need to not forget that we can rely on others during those times of weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to pray for us or to come mm-hmm. alongside us or be an encouragement when we don't mm-hmm. have it ourselves. Maybe they can pour truth into us and we just, maybe we just don't have it in us to open the word at this time, but hopefully we can find those people around us or surround ourselves with people who are going to encourage us in our walk. Yeah, and I think also even being honest with God about that, Mm, too. That is important. God, I want to stand firm. I want Mm -hmm. my faith to be solid. I want to trust you in all of this, but it's just really hard sometimes. Mm. And or, you know, whatever it is that we're feeling, he already knows what we're feeling. So we're not uh, Mm -hmm. we're not surprising him Mm -hmm. with what's in our heart. Mm -hmm. But uh, but it's beautiful to him when we're honest with him. Right. I think that's part of bearing a pure testimony of Christ Mm -hmm. is being honest about what we're going through. And I think it's only encouragement to others if we can say, I didn't have all the answers or this is really tough, but I know this, you know, I'm, I am firm. I am solid in this. And, you know, like I said, just saying this is really difficult and this is hard, but God is good. Mm. That's definitely part of what being a fully devoted follower of Jesus is, right? Mm-hmm. Is standing firm in our faith mm-hmm. of looking to him to find mm-hmm. our security in him, that he has authority over right. our lives. His strength is perfect in our weakness. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for even passages like these that are hard, that are not uh, not necessarily promising the things that we're hoping that you would be promising us, but that you are good and you are loving and you are wise. And we thank you for warning us with absolute clarity that hard times will come so that when they do, we don't need to be destabilized by that. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be shaken or or have our faith crumble around us. Lord, help to strengthen our faith. Use the hard times to grow our faith even deeper and even more solid because you are the one thing that is unshakable. Lord, we ask for peace for those who are in hard times right now. I ask that you would just overwhelm them even at this very moment with your spirit of peace and that they would know that you are a God of love and a God who has purpose, even in the hard things. Lord, help to grow our faith. Help us to stand firm. And and in those moments where it's hard to do that, surround us with people that would point us to you. Help us not to be led astray and not to be disheartened, but to look to you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Autumn Ridge Women's Podcast, a production of Autumn Ridge Church. We appreciate the technical assistance provided by Josiah Novinger, Ian Benoit, Robert Nash, and others from our wonderful staff. 
We'd love to hear your comments or questions on this or any other episode. You could reach us at women at autumnridgechurch.org.